On today's episode, we're sharing all the details about Epcot's four annual festivals. Hello and welcome to Pixie Dust Parents. I'm Alicia, a mom of two kids, ages eight and three. And I'm Nicole, a mom of two little ones, ages four and two. Today we're diving into the four Epcot annual festivals. These are the Festival of the Arts, Flower and Garden Festival, Food and Wine, and then finally the Festival of the Holidays. These festivals span almost the entire year. There are very few days in Disney World that don't have an Epcot festival actively happening. And we're going to take you through what the festivals are, sort of what they entail. We know that you probably know there's a lot of food and there's a lot of drinks. There's a lot of eating at Epcot. There's a lot of drinking at Epcot. But what are some of the other things and what are these festivals really known for? So we're going to kick it off with the Festival International Festival, festival of the Arts. Also lovingly known as farts because <laughs> it's farts. Because why not? Yeah. <laughs> what a name. I'm, I know. I've also heard it as I farts, which is also oh, funny yeah. to me. Like it reminds me of I Heart Radio. Okay. I was thinking of like that joke you used to tell when you're younger, like, oh, can you spell I cup? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking, but yeah. Oh my gosh, we're starting off super mature here tonight. Strong, um, let's I, go. I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> All right, so International Festival of the Arts kicks off the year for festivals. This one kicks off actually the um, like the second weekend in January, typically. So this year it's kicking off on January 12th. Um, and it just runs through not even the last week of February. This is a short festival. There isn't a lot of time to get to it. Um, so really, unless you're there in the second half of January or the first half of February, you would miss it. Um, it's a fun festival, though. I think it's honestly my favorite. It is sort of, as the name implies, all about art. Um, and there are these great booths that have like just beautiful fine art. A lot of it is Disney inspired. You'll see a lot of Disney themed, you know, paintings and things like that. One of my favorite things about Festival of the Arts is that um, sidewalk artists come do chalk drawings on the sidewalks and they look absolutely amazing. Like it looks like (laughs) they're so good. They like, if there's a drawing of a staircase, you're going to think that's a real staircase. And they're just like one of my very favorite movies as a kid was Mary Poppins. And it reminds me of Bert doing the sidewalk chalk in the, um, like in the part or in the, yeah, yeah, like in the movie and like, and then they jump into it and then it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's real. Like that's (laughs) all. I'm always reliving that looking at those chalk drawings. So um, really love that one. There's other fun things about Festival of the Arts. It's typically hosted by Figment. The theming is usually some sort of like rainbow motif. So it's really bright and colorful, which is fun, especially for this time of year when it's a little bit colder and, you know, we're kind of coming off the holidays and things elsewhere are less bright and colorful. 
Um, so yeah, it's only about five and a half weeks long. It does have a lot of the delicious food booths and those are published online. So there's a lot of fun food booths. And then there's also some like festival related snacks at some of the other um, quick service locations around. They'll do themed things around. Um, I think this is the one where they have, yes, they have the, like the jumbo art artist palette chocolate chip cookie with paintbrush and frosting that looks like paint. So there are some fun snacks for kids. And this one also has, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name of it, but it's a scavenger hunt. It's like figments scavenger hunt. Those scavenger hunts are so much fun. Yes, they are so fun. And they're really fun for the, like getting the kids involved um, because they're not as typically as excited about yeah you know what's happening what's going on yeah Yeah, like i think i'm seeing figments brush with the masters yes yes and they all have different names but the scavenger hunt that's all you got to know about but they look really cute in figment being in all like portraits and whatnot so Mm -hmm. that one looks really good we haven't done that one yet we're also, I know last year we were there for the first, the opening day and we didn't get a chance to do it, but I know that we're going to try to do it this year is the paint by number. Um, uh-huh. There's big murals and you get a little tiny container of paint and a little tiny sponge brush. And then you paint your numbers, your color, and then it turns into a huge, like huge and beautiful mural. Um, so I think that's a really fun and unique thing to participate in. I think the kids will like doing that. Um, and then if you do get a, at least this was the case last year, if you do get one of those figment popcorn buckets, it's actually like tutti fruity multicolored rainbow popcorn inside. And that's kind of a fun, unique yeah. treat. So, so that is Festival of the Arts. Short and sweet. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that'll lead us into... I think my favorite festival that is flower and garden festival. I think I just love the whole like spring aspect of it and yeah, let me get into it. Okay. So flower and garden (laughs) festival, it will run from February 28th through July 5th and it is absolutely beautiful. So the big thing that's like, a draw for flower and garden is the topiaries and just the amount of, you know, obviously flowers and just all of like the horticulture that goes in to this festival is mind blowing. And Alicia and I were talking and just kind of saying, wow, flower and garden is really long. (laughs) Like I think it's one of the longest festivals Mm-hmm. But that kind of makes sense because the like installations of the topiaries are just on a larger scale of having to like put up and also take down that it's like, you know what, just leave them be and all of yeah. that. So um, going to see all of those are completely beautiful. You will see all around the park, different topiaries um, in different shapes of very like classic Disney characters. You'll see some Pixar characters um, like Buzz Lightyear and then of course like Minnie and Mickey. So they're super cute and I think they're also just really great like photo ops as well. But 
the whole just all around Epcot is just completely beautiful. And if you are thinking like spring, this is the place to go because it is just floral and greenery everywhere. Yes. So, so pretty. So pretty. (laughs) So beautiful. Yeah. And so along with that, of course, there's also food booths because what is an Epcot festival without food booths? So Flower and Garden Festival, right? (laughs) They have over 20 food booths. In addition to all of the regular um, standing restaurants, quick service that they already have, they're going to have over 20 food booths. And I know that the food just will not disappoint. They have such good stuff. And I was able to go there twice last year during Flower and Garden. And oh my gosh, I was so glad I was able to go back for a second time because I got stuff that I didn't get the first time around. And it was a huge like FOMO. And then just finally like relief of being able to try everything that I wanted to yes (laughs) because they literally have so much stuff but super delicious so make sure I think you can also get your like um kind of like a prepaid gift card type situation once you get into the parks so that way you can if you're looking to only spend a certain amount once you're in the parks that's a good way um to kind of save your money and (laughs) spend wisely because while those food booths are like, I mean, there's plenty of them. They're also still a small sampling. Um, but I think they're usually decently priced for everything that they have. I think so. And I think this, it'll be interesting to see, um, how people use the dining plan now that that's back, um, in four days. Um, how they'll use those snap credits and and things at the um at the festivals, at the festivals. because yeah. I know that was a big like draw for the dining plan was that uh-huh. you got so many snap credits and that's a little bit different now, but that might still I think you can you can you used to be able to convert your table service and your quick service credits into snap credits. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think it's you know it's possible that people will be able to do that. I'm not certain, but I think that especially will encourage people to, you know, come try out some of the snacks and the things at the festivals because they come with the dining plan. Yeah. No, that would be definitely helpful. Along with all of the food booths, um, just like at every festival, they have kind of like a adult scavenger hunt where you're going around and tasting a certain amount of items at certain booths. So for Flower and Garden, they have the Garden Grays. And um, in your passport that you can pick up when you enter uh, Epcot, it will be in the back of it. It'll tell you which items to go scavenger hunt for. (laughs) And then you purchase a certain amount of those items. It's usually five. Um, At the different food booths, once you've purchased five items, you can go up and then claim some type of free item. Usually for the food ones, it's another food, like (laughs) dessert type item. Um, But I think you do five things for five bucks and then you get a free little something. So it's a good way to make sure you're going around and kind of like trying everything and whatnot. Yes. So as far as different stuff to do, um, like Alicia said, they do have the scavenger hunt also at Flower and Garden. And this one is the Spikes Pollination Exploration Scavenger Hunt. So super cute with that. Later 
more towards Easter, they have the extravaganza scavenger hunt. <laughs> so again, that's only later, more like Easter type dates. But they do have these super cute little like gardens and exhibit type thing um, that you can go and view. And I'm kind of interested to see how that's going to actually pan out with the whole like um, new world celebration area kind of opening up a bit more and mm -hmm. see how they, I guess, just kind of work and everything in over in that area if maybe they add some new stuff. Um, I know last year they had the Songbird Meadow. They had um, a Blossoms of Fragrance Garden area. So those are kind of all scattered throughout the park, but definitely lots to see with there. Another cool thing is the Butterfly Landing. So you can go in, kind of also learn about like butterfly life cycles um, and just something cool for the kiddos to do if that's what they're they're up for that is a really cool thing to do but it is also very hot <laughs> we like florida's hot already <laughs> yes and then they put a plastic tent in the sun with a bunch of plants in it it's really hot in there um and it's like it's butterflies and they're flying around so they have like the multiple layers of like plastic Mm -hmm, to walk to get through yeah. so yeah so it's hot just fyi <laughs> it's cool i definitely recommend it yeah i think my favorite thing just about flower and garden is just the overall environment because the amount of plants and floral and everything that's just all around the park is i think just so amazing and adds so much to the park i mean decorating for the holidays is cool but just really seeing how much they actually had to plant for this is just crazy to me yeah the um topiaries i read take i think it's like seven years for them to become from when they start them to when they become mature and can be in the park like flourished <laughs> yeah and yeah. then they have two of each version so they, uh -huh. it takes seven years, but they also build two of each one so that mm -hmm. if anything happens to the one in the park, <laughs> they have a backup. Yeah, that's a, a good solid plan. It's such an insurance plan. But imagine if you're that second topiary and you never get to see the festival. Right. I feel Hopefully bad someone for gets to get home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So one of the last things um with flower and garden is that just like other festivals they're also going to have the concert series that is held over at america gardens theater and so they'll have um different bands coming out to play all throughout the festival that can be all be found online if you want more of like a reserved seating area you can opt to do one of the dining options um, where you have that reserved seating package kind of tacked on for a bit of an added expense um it can be helpful if you're wanting to make sure like you have a reserved spot otherwise you can totally go and um just line up like a normal queue to go into um see the bands I know some of them, if they're a bit more popular or a bit more well-known, those lines do get pretty long and it's not guaranteed seating. 
Mm-hmm. But another fun thing to do, we don't really stay like with the kiddos. We don't really prioritize the bands as much. But I think if it was just me and my husband or like when I went on the college program, I mean, we did. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that is going to bring us to food and wine. And this is really the heavy hitter of the festivals. I think this is sort of the original Upcut Festival. And it's definitely the most popular. It is like when I talk to people at work about Disney, they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we went to that food and wine festival. Um, It's the one people talk about. It's the one people show up for, for sure. Flowering Garden is beautiful and can get really busy. Food and wine can be really, (laughs) really, really busy. Um, So with that said, we don't know the exact dates for 2024. They haven't published those yet. But last year it ran from July 27th to November 18th. And so about four months. Um, It started a little bit later this past year than it did the year before. So we'll see what happens with that in 2024. Um, Typically, the first three months are less busy just because it's hot and, uh, you know, who is going to stand in line for hot food in the middle of the hot Florida sun. Um, And with that in mind, Disney actually opens additional booths in, yep, I think it's, it's either end of September or early October. They actually open additional booths for food and wine. Um, One probably to accommodate the crowds that are coming for fall break and those Halloween parties. But also I think it's just easier to manage um, a little bit more once you get later in the season and it's not that sort of doldrums of summer. So I also have a theory that it's like, so that way they can convince people to come back. Like, ah, they open these awesome booths and we were already there. Guess we got to go back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was my thought. It probably pulls the locals in, but it doesn't see that would make more sense to me if it was like flower and garden opened additional booths in June when it's getting hot. You know what I mean? Like get the locals to come back and do the festival again when it's right. not as crowded. But mm-hmm. October's already busy. I don't know. You might be onto something. Um so this one being the big one, this has over 28 booths and six year-round locations that serve festival offerings. And the grand total, if you wanted to get everything offered, was over $1,000. So these are small bites, and they're usually between like 5 and $10 a plate. But there is so much available, you can really do some serious damage. So, Nicole, when are we going? I know. This one is so much fun, but it's like so food-focused. Yes. Of all of the festivals, I feel like this one has the least to do. And I've seen other um, creators like kind of complain about that. Yeah, it's just eating. Food and wine festival. (laughs) Like, what do you expect? I know. I know. (laughs) Slightly dying, but yeah, no, I think it's, I I mean, I love it. I love going around and tasting all this stuff. And this is the festival that like we're definitely not ride heavy if we're going during this festival because we are going around and tasting all of the different like food booths. So, yeah, down. 
Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Not, not in July. I can't do July. Good. I'll die. I'll roast. I'll melt. I'll become a pile of fondue. Yeah. Um, so one of the fun things that they do have, and it is still food related, of course, is the, and is something I would like to do is Emile's fromage montage. And mm-hmm. so you get a little cheese passport and you purchase any five cheese dishes of your choosing from the options in the passport and then if you decide if you're playing you get a stamp at each of those places when you purchase your item and then once you get five of them you bring your passport to shimmering sips and you get a complimentary prize unique to the food and wine festival and uh spoiler alert it is another cheese based item so you get to eat six different kinds of cheese in one day and that sounds great um there's also remy's ratatouille hide and squeak so this is like um a way to get a specialty item um you buy the scavenger hunt map for 10 bucks and then you hunt for hidden remy statues throughout the park obviously you can look for hidden remy statues without buying the scavenger hunt map it's but by buying the map and then completing it you can bring your map to disney traders gateway gifts or world traders I'm sorry, we're world traveler and you will get a prize. And I think it's usually like um, a cute plate or there's like, there have been some different prizes, but I saw I the we got a lunchbox this year. Was it a lunchbox this year? I yeah. wanted the plate from two years ago. It was super Literally cute. Like, yeah. And then they up. also, they also roll out for Halloween. They roll out Pluto's pumpkin pursuit um from basically the like first day of october to through halloween and it's just like a fun um scavenger hunt that you purchase the board game and then keep your eyes peeled walk around look for festive pumpkins hidden around world showcase there are stickers to help you like keep track of everything you found and then again you can head to those same places more or less and pick up your prize um you don't actually have to finish any of these paid scavenger hunts by paying for the board. You sort of quote unquote earn the prize. So you don't have to complete them to get the prize. You can just go pick it up anytime. Um, but it is, it's a fun little option and it's fun for the kids to have something, you know, that they're sort of on the hunt for while you're going around waiting in line for a bunch of cheese. We also may have like cheated a bit on one of ours and just um, Googled the answers. Yeah, it so That was a little helpful. Well, some of them are just so difficult to find. Like, I'm like, this is kid focused, right? I couldn't even find this. So yeah, I was like, oh, yep. <laughs> we'd look it up and then go kind of show my son where it was and be like, oh, there he is. <laughs> put this sticker down so that's fun um and then the eat to the beat concert series is the other big part of food and wine and these are really popular concerts that take place um in epcot there are there are a number of bands and performers that come um and play they usually play one or two they usually play two to three nights actually um and we're talking about names like Tiffany and the Baja Men and 98 Degrees, Boys to Men, Sugar Ray, Hanson, Sheila E. So there's air supply. Wow. 
there's actually some that I mean, there are quite a few that I've never heard of, but a lot of these are um, a few decades removed from, you know, when they were in their prime, but it's sort of fun to see some of those um, nostalgic acts. I would totally go see Tiffany. And yeah, so then there's also eat to the deep beat dining packages that are available. Um, and it's at select table service locations. And then it provides reserve seating in the American Gardens Theater for the Eat to the Beat performance happening the same evening. That is a, a fun option. The jammeters are usually out during food and wine, and those are super popular and and fun. They're janitors that play music and are very cool. Um, and then there's also the Disney Wine and Dine Half Marathon, which takes place that first weekend in December. In, excuse me the first weekend in November. So that's a popular event. And that sort of, this is where Disney is so smart at filling in times when the parks are not typically very crowded or very busy by placing a really, really high priority event for a lot of people at that time. So typically like right after Halloween, um, we've got Thanksgiving coming up, you've got people who are coming off of a bunch of fall breaks, and it's not typically a time when kids are off school. That first week in November typically was pretty slow for Disney. And now with the half marathon, it is one of the busier times. So that is also true of this week, the first week of January, where typically people were going back to work and school after holiday breaks. And now because it is the marathon weekend, I saw a 200 minute wait for Slinky Dog this afternoon. Um, so, so, and then this one is, this event is usually hosted by Remy. I think, is a Remy our host for food and wine? Yes. And Orange Bird is our host for Flower and Garden. That just leaves us with Festival of the Art. I'm sorry, Festival of the Holidays. <laughs> Festival of the Holidays. Who is the host? Santa? Santa. I, Neil Patrick Harris. Oh my goodness, right? Right. <laughs> All right. The Festival of the Holidays at Epcot. So it is one of more shorter festivals similar to Festival of the Arts. It's only going to run from late November to December. So it is one of the more shorter ones, but still very popular, especially for the Candlelight Processional. So this is another thing that is held at the American Gardens Theater. And it is a presentation of the Christmas story that is hosted usually by very popular um, just I guess people <laughs> and so that's where Neil Patrick Harris comes in um, we've seen Damon from Shark Tank there's just a, a bunch of people and they're coming all throughout the festival and then there is an amazing chorus that's led behind them um, and lots of stuff going on. So that brings a really good draw out for that. And just like all of the other concerts, musical type performances that are at the American Gardens Theater, you can also purchase the Candlelight Processional Dining Package. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, um, just dining at one of those um, typically sit down dining locations and then it's a bit of an extra cost 
and you get a reserved seat. So those ones definitely get busy again when it's more popular people that are coming to narrate for the night, but they're really awesome. And our kids passed out at the one that we took them to. Um, we skipped this past year going to it, but we did have, um, a ticket to it previously and it was helpful having that reserved seating because we knew that we had a spot saved for us and the spots, all the reserved seating is up towards the front. So that's helpful. And honestly, I believe we were coming from Guardian. So it was nice to like, I mean, we had to run all the way halfway across the park, but <laughs> yeah, we knew we had our spot saved. So we weren't running to go get in the line. We just walked right in. Yeah, that's so. super helpful. Yeah, it was definitely helpful to have. So just like every other festival over at Epcot, there is plenty to be eaten. They have, I believe last year was over 17 different food booths that were open. And of course, they have a bunch of different awesome options. Um, a lot of holiday type inspired things from all around the world. The popular thing to do around the booths is their holiday cookie stroll. And so you can get a passport when you enter. And then in the back of that passport, it's going to have um, a list of different cookies that you can go around to the different food booths and try. They're only five bucks. You try five of them and then you get another little treat once you're wrapping that all up. So that's a fun way to make sure, again, that you're going around trying a bunch of different stuff. And I mean, all at $5 isn't too bad. Yeah. <laughs> too bad of a thing. All right. They, another scavenger hunt they have is the Olaf's Holiday Tradition Expedition. Same thing. You're buying a little $10 scavenger hunt paper. You got the stickers. You're going around finding Olaf. Once you're done, you're able to go and turn it in for your lovely little prize. Yes. Another fun thing that is all around the World Showcase area is the different storytellers. And so there's going to be just a bunch of different performances and then also like Santa storytellers around the different uh, World Showcase pavilions. So you might see like a Chinese lion dancer um, over in Mexico. You'll see the Las Posada celebration, a bit of like a pageantry of different dancers, pinatas. Um, but Norway has a cool little mischievous magical barn Santa. Um, and then another one that is popular is the Hanukkah storyteller over between um, France, Morocco. And then France also has, probably say this wrong, Pierre Noel, maybe. Sure. <laughs> I know. But I've seen people literally like sitting on the floor waiting for this little performance. Um, so those are popular little things all around. Father Christmas in the UK is, um, that's the one that my kid talks about trying to go to because he just, he's like, they have Father Christmas. It's not Santa Claus. It's Father. Like, yeah, okay, we can go meet him in Epcot. Okay. <laughs> Why is he wear green? I don't know. He just does. <laughs> That's cute. That's what he remembers. That's yeah. Awesome. Well, anything about Santa definitely sticks for him. Yeah. 
You can also go see the Voices of Liberty, but they're a bit more dressed up and they become the Dickens carolers over in the American Adventure Rotunda area. So they have more of the like vintage inspired wear. So that's fun. But the awesome thing is (laughs) Alicia's favorite, Living with the Land, gets Uh. a little tiny bit of an overlay with the glimmering greenhouses twinkle yeah add a little bit of extra flair to the ride which is like of all rides kind of surprising but well deserved nicole it is well deserved (laughs) yeah not only should everyone go on living with the land but living with the land deserves a little flair now and again we'll take it and they used to do a bit of a christmas overlay as a song wise with guardians but didn't come back this past year yeah that's a bummer and a missed opportunity if you ask me right yeah so in the park you can also meet santa claus and he's over at the odyssey pavilion um pretty much the whole festival you can check those times in the my disney experience app and then you can also see Figment on the yes. ride with his little holiday sweater. I was going to say, don't forget Figment's holiday sweater. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most it- understated holiday overlay of all time. <laughs> it's just literally one sweater on Figment in ride. one spot of the ride. It's like the neighbor that was, they just put up like, a few strand of lights like one <laughs> strand of lights or like they just put out a wreath or like yeah. four candy canes yeah it's it's just the you know that tiny like throw something on it <laughs> yeah effort exactly. but people go wild over it so yeah yeah we fun. were we were hoping to see him in his sweater i can't remember if we did now or not it's I can't, I literally can't remember, but I know the kids were excited to see if he had his holiday sweater on last year. So it's a fun little, fun little overlay. Yeah. So plenty to do at Festival of the Holidays, even though it's a shorter one. And then of course the whole park is, you know, dressed up a bit in some Christmas gear. So, all right. So that is it. Those are the four big festivals at Epcot, obviously with a lot of food and wine (laughs) being one of the festivals, uh, but with a lot of food booths and a lot of different drinks, flights, things like that. These do trend more towards the adult visitor. Um, I don't think there's a ton of kids, some maybe, but not a ton of kids who are like, yeah, absolutely. Let's go to the refreshment port and figure out what the seasonal treat is, or, mm-hmm. you know, really want to stand in line at, I don't know, one of the other, the front, the France pavilion to get the, um, the bowl of the bread bowl of cheese, but there's still so much for kids to do in and around these areas. And with the little scavenger hunts, the hidden, the hidden figures, you know, in flower and garden the topiaries to look at um there's still a lot for kids to be entertained with and you think you'd be surprised how into it the kids get and even if like you have one person going and waiting in line to get something out of food booth 
try and find like the nearest little kid cot area because yeah. that was really helpful to like for me to go stand with the kiddos and you know do their little thing there while my husband goes and stand in line to get whatever we need so it's yeah. kind of like a divide and conquer or there was one time where I went and sit in one line he went and sit on another line and then we met back up so that was yeah. helpful as well yeah because <laughs> yeah the fun. kids are very patient and they what? also don't really <laughs> right they don't really enjoy enjoy the food from the food booths as much as we do right. so we also have to make sure to plan like s- either bring something for them or plan some type of other meal for them yeah um because yeah they're they're yeah not and looking forward too much to the different options <laughs> it's not to say that there aren't some options that are more kid friendly and kid not i wouldn't say oriented but um there are certainly like, the the poutine flight comes to mind. <laughs> like my kids would definitely dig into that. Um, but there are the fry. Was it poutine or fries? I can't remember now. I know over at the fry basket, we got the fry flight and yeah, the kids were like all about that. <laughs> yeah. So there are some food options that the kids will get excited about, but you know, when you're talking about like a small serving of beef bourguignon and a flight of, different wines like nope that's obviously not for the children yeah um you know this is definitely for the adults to enjoy but it is it is still fun for the kids to experience some of that um if they're you know adventurous eaters maybe try a few bites of mom and dad's delicious little nibble um and yeah just I, we're just reaching a point where my kiddo is eight. He's really excited to go to the different countries. He's doing geography at school and we're just really starting to hit our stride with that. And I am surprised it honestly took this long. Um, I think I would have been interested in this stuff like at an even younger age, um, just because there's so much there's so much to look at in the pavilions. They're so beautiful. And then there's also like, while those festivals are happening and like a lot of these are obviously around world showcase. um, You can always go in and meet princesses in the various pavilions. So there's, that is still happening. That's not festival exclusive, but if you're going to get in a line or if you're, you know, somebody's going to get in a long line for food, you can also sort of tag team and do some princess meet and greets, that sort of thing. Agreeable. What yes. is the one the one festival that you're going to, if you could only pick one? Uh, I haven't been to them all, so I don't know if it's fair for me to pick. It is. <laughs> um, I'm really torn between farts and flowering garden. Mm-hmm. And... I like, I really like Festival of the Arts and I've been to Flower and Garden, but I haven't done it justice. So I'm going to say Flower and Garden. Oh, okay. Because I feel like I owe it. Mm -hmm. I owe it a good, like proper, you know, like doing it properly. Chance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not just getting an orange bread sipper and bouncing. That was in your like non Epcot era, but now it was hot, man. (laughs) Oh, I bet it was hot. We left Garden Grill, and my kid was like, "Why is it so bright?" And I was like, "Yeah, we're not, 
doing any of this. Go back and swim. <laughs> We're done. It's a hard now. Yeah. Sometimes you have to pivot. Definitely. Yeah. How about you? Um, mine would definitely be flower and garden. Okay. So the only one I haven't done is Festival of the Arts. I love the bright, vivid, bold colors yes. and all of that. Um, like we've been to a chalk walk around here and it's amazing seeing all of the artists, right. but just those topiaries it like, I just stood there and was just like in awe. And he just, I think I'm probably as like a mom or, you know, older, I appreciate the amount of effort and everything that goes into like <laughs> yeah. caring for these living plants because I can't do that. Oh, absolutely not. No, I cannot either. So it's just, it's beautiful. And the the food is so like fun and springy. And I just, that's the one I'm for. So I I guess we should go to Flower and Garden together. I guess we should. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Foreshadowing. I know. Spoilers. (laughs) Let's make it happen. Um, I feel like that's how I looked around at the art at festival of the arts last year like i walked around uh-huh. and was like oh my god this stuff amazing. is amazing yeah. like no oh oh my gosh this is like really good art <laughs> <laughs> um and that's not you know i i don't know what i expected i guess i didn't really have any expectations but i don't know have you ever like we used to live right by a park in minneapolis where there was an art in the park like three times a summer and those art booths were crappy <laughs> that was that good <laughs> art there, there was a lot of really subpar art there so I don't know if that's just sort of what I went in with but what I saw was actually like breathtaking so that one that one just surprisingly delighted me and so I'm excited to give it give that one a proper proper review too and spend some time going through all the different booths mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right i think does that wrap up our episode are we good yes all right let's move on to our tips of the week do you have a tip of the week to call my tip of the week is to use the food and wine app <laughs> and i know i've shared this before but basically just search for food and wine in your um, little app thing and you can go on there and I believe they have for all of the holidays um, yes all of the holidays you can go in and check out all of the different food the users will go and upload pictures of it so like as the festival goes on people will go through upload pictures and actually rate the items but you can go through um, filter, you can add stuff to your favorites, and then you can also see it on a map. And if you're wanting to like plan a bit more before you go, then you can go through and check off like all your wish list, and then it'll give you a total so you can see about how much you'll spend. (laughs) But it's the food and wine app. And that one, I think it's just so helpful. And we use that in the parks over the Disney app, as far as like food, yeah for the festival booths okay so by the food and wine app in the app thingy you mean app store or google play store right yeah it's like its own app okay and then does that include every festival yeah okay so festival of the arts popped up on mine 
2024. There's, um, yeah, all of them are listed through there. The deconstructed dish has five items showing on there, and it'll even tell you all of the food and all all of the drinks that are offered as well. That's awesome. That's really helpful. Great tip. Um, My tip is don't be afraid of using the top of trash cans as tables. It's a tried and true (laughs) Epcot experience. And there's even a little song that you can sing. It's trash can table time. It's trash can table time. Uh, Just know that you're part of a storied few and you get to eat on top of a trash can because that is what we do at Epcot. When there's a festival, there's not enough tables. Don't be okay. Embrace the table. Embrace the tabletop (laughs) trash can. This needs to be known because I tried to do this at a festival when I took other guests in our party that haven't really done Disney World before. Yeah. And they looked at me sideways. Really? Like, they thought you were you, they is, thought you were sketch for the Yes. <laughs> and they went and they hunted out a table where I couldn't even get the stroller to. And I said, This is exactly why I was eating at the trash can. <laughs> Yeah. This is normal. We're at yeah. Epcot, don't you know? And apparently it's not well known. So <laughs> Yeah, embrace the tabletop trash can. Right. It's fine. It, I mean, and all of the like food items you're getting are snack size. Like you're not eating a meal there. It's yeah. just like a little tasting. So it's not like you're there for an hour eating on top of a trash can. No. Also, <laughs> these are Disney trash cans. Have you ever seen a Disney trash can encrusted with something? No. No. <laughs> they're sparkling. They're yeah. It's I think fine. they're actually more clean than the actual tables because, yeah, I I'm mean, sure they are. Disney are on top of it. Yep. I just don't know how often those tables are getting cleaned, especially in between people. So exactly. There's such high traffic. How are they getting in there to clean them? Right. Yep. I feel that. I'll take my trash can. (laughs) Yes. All right. That's going to wrap up today's show. Nicole, where can listeners find you online? My handle is Bibbidi Bobbidi Bestie. And you can find me on Instagram at pixie dust underscore parent. I'm so glad you joined us and stay tuned for our next episode. See you next week.